0: Okay, so today's episode, I want to do some differentiating uh, between a couple of the things that we experience when we are in toxic relationships. And um, the goal of the toxic personality is to get others to do and react the the way that they need them to do to make them feel more secure in themselves. Okay, so the two terms that I wanna talk about today One is love bombing and the other one is hoovering. Now these are two different tactics that the toxic person uses to regain control, to feel power, to get your attention in order to make them feel secure. But there is is also things that are different about love bombing as opposed to hoovering. So I just want to make a little bit more definition. So you, as a person who is either within a toxic relationship or you who is trying to understand somebody's toxic relationship and it it may be a toxic friendship it may be a family type situation this is all going to apply so because my biggest experience as you know was an intimate relationship and a marriage um, sometimes when I speak it's more geared towards that so it's, it's not that toxic relationships don't occur in different types of relationships, they absolutely do. So when you hear me talking about using examples that sounds like an intimate relationship, you can just transpose those into a friendship or into a family situation, okay? So let's talk about love bombing first. Love bombing is, is exactly as it sounds. It is a ginormous amount of air quotes love very early and very unexpectedly and sometimes uncomfortably thrown at you at the beginning of a relationship. Okay. Now, most toxic relationships do start out with some type of love bombing and love bombing is a manipulative tactic that is used to get you to buy into the relationship. Okay. It's, it's a tactic that's used to get you to invest in the relationship. Why? Okay, we've talked about it on previous podcasts. I I talk about it daily, repeating myself over and over with my private clients. The toxic personality needs certain things. So if you are in the life of a toxic person, and remember toxic isn't a diagnosis, toxic is just an adjective that we use to describe any relationship in the status that it's in that may be unhealthy for you mentally, physically, or emotionally. The thing I don't want you to miss is you are the one that decides who in your life is toxic and who is not. You are the one in your life that gets to decide who is healthy for you and who is not. Because someone who is toxic to you may not be toxic to somebody else. So when we look for other people's opinions and we look for validation and we look for all this stuff to prove that this person is, has a diagnosis or is toxic, I want you to flip the perspective around because we don't even realize that we're the ones that get to decide. But most of your toxic personalities are somewhat insecure. So they like to feel the control. They like to feel the power. They like the attention. They like the admiration. So during this love bombing phase, what they're doing is they're trying to see if you are the personality that is going to supply them with those things, with the attention, with the admiration, with the personality that they can gain control of with the personality that they can use your emotions against you. They use this this portion of the this phase of the relationship to gain your trust, to prove themselves trustworthy to you, and to get you to buy in and to get you to invest. And in this phase, they love everything about you. They accept everything about you. They love your hair. They love your family. They love that you're financially independent. They love that you have a great big friend group. They love the jeans that you wear. They they love your style. They love the way you talk. They love your sense of humor. They accept and love everything about you. They will sometimes profess that that they're your soulmate and they've been waiting for you their whole life. Where have you been? They lead you to believe that they are your person. And how they do this is they say all the things, right? For instance, most of you listening are probably going to have a personality that is the kind, caring, loving, giving conflict avoider. You're the peacekeeper. You're the one that wants to fix. You're the one that wants to support. Okay. That type of personality, which is 100% mine, steps into relationships for certain reasons, companionship, partnership, intimacy, emotional support. Because why would we step into relationships for anything other than that? So through the beginning of the relationship, you allude to, you express, you talk about, you hint at what your relationship goals are. And the toxic person will say, that is exactly what I want. I wanna build a life together. I wanna be partners. I wanna be teammates. I want us to to be best friends and to raise a family and to have the best life ever. Okay, what they're really doing in this phase is they are discovering what your securities and your insecurities are. They are figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are. They're figuring out how you operate emotionally. They wanna know your secrets. They want to know how you are emotionally wired because the emotional abuser wants to eventually be in control of how you feel by what they do and what they say. So when you meet these people, you are put through this test that we call the love bombing stage. It seems pretty aggressive in the beginning and it seems maybe like a lot, but this person is accepting and this person loves everything we love. So we start to buy into it. Now, if we were not responding emotionally the way that they needed us to in order for them to feel the things they need, they would probably end the relationship. They would probably discard it because toxic, People only keep the people in their lives that provide them with the things that they need to feel secure in themselves. So we just talked about, you're the good, kind, caring, loving, it, supporter, peacekeeper. The toxic personality needs control. They need attention. They need power. They need admiration. So if you were someone who was looking to feel control over people, to feel power, to get attention, what type of personality would you be looking for? Well, you'd be looking for the good, kind, caring, loving, fix-it supporter, conflict avoider, peacekeeper. Can you tell I've said that a few times? We would look for the person with the personality that supplies us with what I need, with what we need. We, being emotional, look for somebody else who can support us emotionally. The toxic person looks for someone who can support their security level in themselves. So the love bombing stage is to make you feel that they are very trustworthy. And it's a test for them to see if you are a good fit. It's the time where they gather the information that they can use to control you later. So the person in the beginning that says, Oh, that's exactly what I want. The person during the love bombing phase is fake. Okay. And fake, F-A-K-E, I like to call the fraudulent, artificial, knockoff, egotist. As you go through the relationship and after the love bombing phase, you very seldom see the person from the beginning, okay? The fraudulent, artificial, knockoff, egotist may show up from time to time for brief periods of time when they start feeling insecure. And they must reestablish the proof that they're trustworthy. And that this is the relationship you're supposed to be in that, that they're your person. And when you might see that person from the beginning, that fake person pop back up, it's maybe if you're in a fight, maybe if you want to change, maybe if you want to exit the relationship, maybe if you call them out on something, maybe if you stand up for yourself, maybe when you're pregnant and your attention is on the baby and the nursery and keeping yourself healthy. Maybe when you have a job change and you're pouring all of your energy into your career and you're not giving them enough attention. Maybe when there is a death in the family or there's an illness in the family and your attention and your time and your schedule is going to take care of your parents. You might see this nice person pop back up because they're feeling insecure, because all of these changes have your attention and have their feeling of control over you dampened just a little. So what does love bombing look like? Okay, remember, we have this fraudulent, artificial, knockoff, egotist. They're going to throw out excessive compliments during the love bombing stage. Okay. They're going to, like I said before, they love everything about you. you're you're the most beautiful person. They, they love how you see life. You're so soft-spoken and you resolve conflicts so well, and you're such a good communicator. You're going to hear excessive compliments. Okay. They're going to profess their loyalty as a friend, as an intimate partner, as a coworker, as a supportive family member, very, very abruptly and very quickly very soon after the relationship begins, they're going to, they're going to profess how invested they are. They're going to want to spend a lot of time together. They're going to like all the things you like, and they're going to dislike all the things you dislike. That's called mirroring almost to an unbelievable T. And we, we go, oh my gosh, that's such a coincidence. I didn't know you liked that band. Well, there's a good possibility they can't stand that band. But because they're trying to earn your trust and to make you believe that they are the person that you've been waiting to meet, they will pretend that they like that band. They will pretend they still like to listen to Air Supply, I guess is what I'm saying. They're going to like your hobbies. They're going to like your goals, your favorite things, your sports, your music, your entertainment. In my situation, I love to dance. I love fashion. I like going out to theaters. I like concerts. I was in a former toxic relationship where they pretended they liked to dance. They pretended they liked theater. They pretended they liked to socialize. They pretended they liked concerts. Okay, as soon as I invested in that relationship, never danced with me again, never went to a concert, never went to a theater. On the opposite gender, they're gonna accept your hunting trips. They're going to like that you hang out with your guy friends. They're going to be interested in your car, right? But as soon as the love bombing phase is done and they've gathered the information that you need, your friends aren't going to be allowed to come over. Your hunting trips are going to feel controlled and they're going to be shortened and it's going to be a fight to have to go hunting. They shower you with gifts in the beginning during this love bombing phase that appear to have a lot of emotional thought behind them. How did they remember you said that you liked Laffy Taffy? How did they remember that you said your favorite color was lime green? They're really trying to make you believe that they're listening and they're giving their attention to the relationship. You might find that they're, they're asking you to change your plans so that they can spend more time with you because they are so in love with you. Now, in the beginning, we all fall for this because the beginning of relationships are good. So we just think they wanna spend a lot of time with us. But what you'll find them doing during the love bombing stage is asking you to cancel your plans. Don't go out with your friends, change your schedule, take the things that you hold as a priority and put them on the bottom of the list so the things that they want move to the top of your list. Okay, and we're compromising people so we don't have a problem compromising that because we think we're making the relationship better. From their point of view, they're checking to see just how much you're going to give up because that allows them that much more control. A lot of times during the love bombing phase, they're going to ask you about your personal secrets. Give give me an example of, of something that, that nobody else knows. Tell, tell, me, tell me a secret that you haven't told anybody. And then a lot of times they'll follow that up with something that sounds like, oh, I know exactly how you feel because I've been there. And then they will give you some type of scenario that kind of relates to how you felt when, when you were going through this secret thing that nobody knows. That's their attempt to build trust. If you know that somebody has gone through the same thing you've gone through, you are more likely to lean on them, to trust them, to let them in closer to you. And in reality, what they want is they want the juice on you so they can hold it over your head or use it to control you later most toxic relationships during this love bombing stage are going to try to push the relationship to the next level very quickly and you will probably feel somewhat like you don't even have a choice in it because their need for attention will be excessive you're going to get a lot of calls a lot of texts a lot of drop buys again we think it's because oh this is the beginning of the relationship and we're so excited to be in this relationship. And in the, in reality, it's because they want to make sure that they know where you are, who you're with and what you are doing. And the minute they call, the minute they text or the minute they show up, your attention is on them and they're not sure where your attention is. If they don't, if they aren't continually calling and texting. So all of these tactics get that the, get them the information that they need about you. The love bombing phase decides for them if you will be the one that can help them with their insecurity in themselves or not. They don't they don't know that they're insecure. They have been like this. It it could be from a traumatic upbringing, it could be from a diagnosis, it could be from an addiction. But for some reason, the toxic personality feels insecure, and the love bombing stage is to suck you in, to get you to invest, to gain your trust. And for them to see if you are the emotional person that will respond the way they need you to respond so that they feel secure in themselves. Okay, now let's talk about hoovering. As we said, all of the tactics and all of the things a toxic personality does or says is to make them feel more secure in themselves. Hoovering is a manipulative tactic that is used to suck you back into the toxic cycle. Okay, love bombing is something that is used to get you to invest and pull you in initially. Hoovering is to suck you back in if you have tried to leave or change the dynamic or change something in the relationship. They are feeling insecure because of the loss of power and control over you for some reason, and and although you may see the love bombing tactics show up right away in hoovering. It is not going to be the only tactic that you see. There's many other tactics that follow if the love bombing stage of hoovering doesn't work. Now, this is tricky because because as soon as they feel insecure and start the tactics of hoovering to suck you back in, love bombing is almost always the first one they try. And guess who shows back up? Ta-da. It is the person from the beginning that you have wanted to see so badly over the course of the relationship and never did. We've prayed for it. We've wished for it. We've hoped. We've begged. We've wanted that person to come back and and they haven't. So many of you will be so encouraged when you see this love bombing stage happen because you really feel like it's that person you've been waiting for. But this love bombing is just a way that they want to hoover you but it may be the only tactic needed for some people. As, as many of you know, I went back to my former relationship six times before I actually was finally able to break free. And a couple of the times it was because, ta that love bombing person, that fraudulent, artificial, knockoff, egotist, showed back up. I just didn't realize he was fake. He was just the one that I wanted to see again because that's when I felt safe in the relationship. So some of you are never going to get past the love bombing part of hoovering because you'll fall right back into it because you are so excited to see that person. For those of you who have seen this for the first time and have already stepped back into the relationship one time or another, because of the love bombing phase, you might make it past the love bombing phase the next time, which means they didn't get what they needed by making that person from the beginning show back up. So so if you're one that has left a relationship and you've seen this love bombing stage, the next time you're probably gonna make it through the love bombing stage of hoovering. But the toxic personality then has plan B and plan C and possibly D and probably E and most likely F because their goal is to keep you in their life so you can still supply them with the things that make them feel secure. So just because you don't step back in right away at the love bombing stage doesn't mean they're going to go away. I like to tell my private clients, I have to have you prepared to see a whole parade of personalities. Once the hoovering starts, each one of those is presented hoping it will get you to step back into the relationship. Now, you thought they were inconsistent and unpredictable before, Just watch. Basically what the hoovering stage is, again, love bombing is usually the one that shows up first, but if it doesn't work, they are taking a whole bunch of shit and throwing it at the wall and hoping something sticks. So like I said, the the number one is usually love bombing. All the perfect gestures, all the interest, the affections, the promises come back and they present themselves as the person from the beginning. It's pretty hard to resist. And it's pretty hard for us to wrap our head around the fact that this isn't true because us as emotionally wired people really wanna believe the words that come out of people's mouths. If you make it past the love bombing stage and you know that this is the fake person, this is not the real person, the real person was the one that I tried to get out of the relationship with, as usual, you'll probably start getting an excessive amount of communication The day I left, I had to close the office because the phone rang over 300 times. I had to shut my cell phone off because I had over 200 texts. I always have my clients fully prepared for these type of personality switches because we're emotional. And when we see a certain personality, we feel a certain emotion and we play along with these. And many times the toxic person knows if I can just hit the right emotion, I'll catch them and I'll be able to get my foot back in the door. Now if you're getting these excessive texts and these excessive calls when the love bombing stage doesn't work, they're going to stop by. They're going to show up at your door. They're going to show up at your work. They're going to go to your usual hangout hoping to be able to profess their undying love and dedication to you since you didn't fall for it when they were trying in the beginning. They're going to try and be where you are if you're not answering their phones or texts. The toxic person is emotionally abusive. We talk about this all the time. They know that if they can make you feel something, they're in control of your emotions. And one of the things they like to use during the hoovering phase is guilt. If I can make you feel guilty, I know that you don't like to feel guilty. The fastest way for you to get rid of that feeling of guilt is to do what I want because you won't feel guilty anymore. I can't believe you're breaking up the family. I can't believe you're doing this to our kids. I'm your mother. I can't believe you're taking me out of your life. We have so much invested. I can't believe you're just throwing all this away and we immediately feel guilty. And then we start questioning our decision and we start having self doubt and we start worrying about maybe I made the wrong decision. They said those things on purpose to make you feel guilty. So in order to get rid of the feeling of guilt, you do what they want and you step back into the relationship. Guilt got me twice. I went back twice because of love bombing. I went back twice because of guilt. If that doesn't work, you're going to see accusations so that you feel the need to explain yourself. They're going to accuse you of doing awful things. You're going to be cheating. You're going to be stealing. You're going to be sneaking. You're going to be hiding money. You're not respecting them. You never loved them. They're going to say things that are going to make you explain and defend yourself. Okay, let me ask you this. Did you ever feel empowered explaining or defending yourself to them throughout the whole relationship? No, don't bother. The accusations are a trick. They're a trick to try and get you to engage in explaining and defending yourself so they can have some communication with you. The minute you start explaining and defending yourself, they are going to jump on and invalidate all of your reasons for explaining and defending yourself you know the only reason that you need to leave a relationship that's not healthy for you is it's not what's best for me that is the only explanation you actually need to give anybody but a toxic person is going to probe and poke and want to know why so they can find holes in your explanation and convince you that your explanations aren't good enough in the hoovering stage everything is an emergency Okay. They are going to make every single situation an emergency in attempt to heighten your emotional response to them. They may call that the dog is sick and they had to take it to the vet and it had to have surgery and it's probably not going to make it through the night. Okay. So immediately you get emotional. Should I go see the dog? Okay. In reality, the dog might be sick, but they probably didn't have to go to the vet and they probably didn't have to have surgery and they're probably doing just fine. But the toxic personality who's hoovering and trying to suck you back in, it wants more contact with you. The kids leaving their soccer shoes at the at the soccer field is going to be this ginormous emergency. So you feel like you have to run and get them and drop them off at their house. Okay, that's going to make you have contact with them if they have to drop them off at your house. They a lot of times will use, you know, bad things that happen accidents, deaths in the family to try and make it like an emergency so that you respond emotionally to them. Most things aren't an emergency, but during the hoovering phase, they will make everything feel like an emergency that has to be taken care of right this minute in an attempt to have contact with you. They're gonna play the victim. They're gonna be sad. They're gonna be depressed. They're gonna be lonely. They're gonna can't believe you hurt them the way you did. They're never gonna make it without you. They may threaten to hurt themselves. Okay, if they threaten to hurt, harm, or take their own life, call the police and have them do a well check and just say, I feel like I'm concerned that this person might hurt themselves. Okay, their goal isn't normally, I will never say never, isn't normally to hurt themselves. Their goal is to get your attention so you feel bad, so you come and help them talk through it. Okay, they don't really want the police at their door because I'm, I'm gonna say nine times out of 10, they don't mean that they use it as a threat. And if the police show up, it's gonna make them look bad. So chances of them using that again, probably won't happen. They're gonna apologize for any and all things that you wanted an apology for the entire relationship. And sometimes we think, oh great, they finally get it. They're actually apologizing. Me putting my foot down, they must have seen the light. No, they didn't. A toxic person does not apologize unless there are strings attached. It has nothing to do with the relationship. It has to do with the loss of control that they feel over you that makes them feel insecure. If I apologize, I maybe can get my control back is how they think. The other thing they like to do is, okay, fine, I'll go to counseling. I know you want me to change. I haven't been able to do it. I'll go to counseling. Let's go to marriage counseling. Okay, there are strings attached. The toxic personality doesn't think there's anything in them that needs to be fixed. So when they all of a sudden, after years, volunteer to go to counseling, it's not because they have seen the light and they wanna go to counseling and they wanna make some changes. It is because they believe that if they pretend they're investing in change and they prove to you by going to counseling, they're going to suck you back in. The, I'll go to counseling is a show for you. It is not sincere. It is not to help them. It is not for the better of the relationship. It is 100% a hoovering tactic to suck you back in. They may pick a new partner very, very quickly. I see this all the time i can't believe they have a girlfriend i can't believe they have a boyfriend i can't believe they're already hanging out with a whole new group of friends okay this this person is now able to give them the attention that you're not giving them because they've tried 17 things already and you're not giving them the attention so immediately they're going to go out and they're going to find somebody who will give them that attention okay the other tactic that is that goes along with they reach out and grab a new partner or a new group of friends really quickly is they're hoping you feel rejected. They're hoping that once again, you don't feel good enough, which is going to make you come back and hang on a little tighter. You're going to get promises, 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 vacations, dates, helping around the house, more affection, more quality time, kinder words, more apologies, etc. All the promises that you've been wanting to hear, you're going to hear. Well, that's also bullshit because once you're back and things are running normal, You will never see one of those promises play out. They're going to try and prove their loyalty again. They're going to want to renew the vows. They're going to want to take a trip, a second honeymoon, that kind of thing. Okay. They're going to want to go to the next step. If you are already questioning your relationship and the health of it, I don't know exactly what fixes a toxic relationship. And I think I've said this before, but I know what won't fix it. Moving in together is not going to fix it. Being engaged is not gonna fix it. Getting married is not gonna fix it. A baby's not gonna fix it. Another baby's not gonna fix it. And a threesome's not gonna fix it either. Renewing your vows isn't gonna fix a toxic relationship. Rededicating yourself is not gonna fix a toxic relationship, but they're going to try and push these things because it's distracting. It takes your attention off of what's going on and gives you a little bit of hope, thinking oh, maybe a new beginning, maybe something new, maybe incorporating something different will help. And then the last and final one is, okay, I understand that you don't wanna get back together, but can we still be friends? Or I understand you don't wanna be best friends, but we can still be friends. Or I understand you don't want very much contact, but can we still talk about a few things? Cause you're the only one that ever understood me. Okay, you cannot continue to be friends with a toxic person who has been in your life, why? Because the only reason you are in their life to begin with is to supply them with the things that they need to feel secure. So their last ditch attempt to make to make you want to be friends or stay friends or stay in contact, it keeps them in the know. It keeps them personally involved in your life. It gives them a reason to stay in contact with you. Being friends gives them a break from the relationship so they can do whatever they want. But being friends with them keeps you somewhat tied to the relationship so you can't move forward. I remember when, when when I finally left mine, when I finally had to run away, I was already divorced for two years. Nothing had changed because I didn't understand this concept. I didn't understand that I was in his life because I was supplying him with the things that he needed to feel secure. So I'm thinking I have these divorce papers and I'm free. No, I'm not. Not unless I stop supplying him with those things. So the whole trying to stay in contact and staying business partners and and really staying involved in the co-parenting thing, the only only reason that, that he was so adamant about that was so he could still know everything about my personal life because the more he knew about my personal life, the more things he could use to control me, which still made him feel insecure, which made him feel more secure. And then he could legally have girlfriends rather than behind my back. Yet, I would be threatened very, very heavily if he thought for one second I was gonna start talking to someone else. So the two years after my divorce, when I was still being controlled and then finally had to run away, he was getting what he needed from me and I wasn't even in the so-called relationship anymore. But I was completely fine handing it over because I didn't know any different. Now that I know the only reason you're in their life is to make them feel more secure in their life, they're not gonna go away unless you make them go away. And the way to make them go away is stop supplying them with those things. The hoovering stage is 100% an attempt to keep you in their life so you can continue to supply them with what you need. It is set up to exhaust you. That was the reason I went back the last two times. There were so many hoovering tactics thrown at me. I finally became exhausted and I thought it is easier for me to go back than have to deal with all this every single day. Now, again, now that I know what I know, I wouldn't do it the same way, but I didn't know it. Just like many of you don't understand why their personality changes and why one day they're this way and one day they're that way. Everything is an attempt to keep you in their life just enough so that you can continue to supply them. So don't second guess yourself here. You have already had many talks with them throughout this relationship before you decided to leave or before you decided to change the way that you interacted with them, right? You had a lot of conversation because we kept thinking if we just have a conversation that they're gonna change and they're gonna act more like us. Did that work? Did they change? Did they put put a consistent amount of long-term effort in? No, no and no. If your absence from a relationship is getting you better communication, more attention, more affection, and more perceived change than your presence did, then it is all caused by an insecurity on their part. Getting you back under their control is their goal. Changing is not. Hey, I'm Rachel. I found Dr. Heidi's podcast when I needed it most, as I was leaving an emotionally abusive marriage. Dr. Heidi validated my experience, made me feel less alone, and helped me start the healing that I could not have done alone. Dr. Heidi is now offering an exclusive members-only podcast, where you can submit your questions, listen to others going through similar struggles, and hear Dr. Heidi's never-before-shared personal story. To learn more, go to www it's not normal, it's toxic.com. Join her members only podcast. It's only $15 a month to get two bonus episodes every week. Plus the chance to ask your questions to Dr. Heidi, go to www.itsnotnormalitstoxic.com.